a wonderful job uh, there. We'll be in Numbers chapter 20 this morning. Numbers chapter 20. So we've been looking at one, uh, the impact that one thing, person, whatever can have. And uh, we looked at one obedience. We looked at one way to obey. We looked at um, one Barnabas last week. Today we're going to look at the effect that one sin can have in a person's life and, uh, and, and remind ourselves today that uh, God hates sin and uh, that in our lives, sometimes we think we're getting away with sin, but one sin can have a major impact uh, on our life. So let's look in Numbers chapter 20, starting in verse number 7. Numbers 20, verse 7, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so uh, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord, as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and said unto them, Hear now, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believed me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of of the children of Israel. Therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given thee. Uh, we're going to look at a few different things about what one sin can do, but uh, we can say without a doubt it has a great effect on our lives. Lord, I pray for your help this morning. I pray as we look at this passage and a few others and this thought of uh, how sin uh, impacts us and how it affects uh, the, the rest of our life. Lord, I pray that you would help us to draw closer to you. Lord, that we would um, uh, uh, ask repentance where we need it, uh, forgiveness where we need it. Lord, I pray that we would um, uh, turn away from any sin that we have in our lives so that we can further uh, uh, honor you and bless you and obey you in the days to come. Help me to present these verses clearly and correctly, I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. <clears throat> This is a relatively familiar story where Moses here is out with the children of Israel. And I can honestly say in my entire life of hearing this story, not once have I ever blamed Moses for it. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've always felt for Moses in this situation. I always felt bad for him. Uh, he was frustrated. He had a, uh, we can say he had a right to be frustrated. We'll look at how he handled it in a moment. But he was frustrated with the people. They were constantly complaining. Nothing he could do. Nothing that God could do seemed to make them happy. And, uh, and so here we see in his disgust, he says to the children of Israel, uh, as he says, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? You can hear the, just the, the anger and frustration that Moses, and, and again, as, a, as someone who's, who's been a leader uh, uh, and, and managed people, you can sense and you know and you understand the frustration that's there with Moses. And God said to Moses, speak to the rock and I'll bring forth water. Moses says to the people, must we fetch water from this rock? And he hits the rock twice with his rod. And we see that water came forth, did it not? God still gave the people water. Uh, But we see that there was an impact in Moses' life. 
So I want to look at three things this morning, and we'll be done. Number one, I want us to see that one sin will affect others. One sin will affect others. And I want us to look in uh, earlier parts of Numbers chapter 20. Look in verse number 2. <clears throat> it says, And there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. The people chowed with Moses and spake, saying, Was God that we would have died when, when our brethren died before the Lord? And why have ye brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness, that we and our cattle should die there? And there, wherefore have ye made us to come up out of Egypt <clears throat> to bring us into this evil place? It is no place of seed or of figs or of vines or of pomegranates, neither is there any water to drink. So we see here the children of Israel come, and they come with this murmuring spirit, one that they have been uh, now well known for. And they come and they begin to complain to Moses, why would God bring us here? There's no place to plant things. Nothing can grow here. There is, it is a barren wilderness. Uh, shouldn't we have just died earlier instead of brought us out here to suffer? Uh, it brings back Egypt again, uh, as they've done in, in past complaints as well. And they come and they are coming with this complaining, uh, whining, bitter spirit. And I will tell you that that spirit is a sinful spirit. It's a wrong spirit, one that God is not pleased with. And what happens when we come before uh, um, uh, God with this complaining and whiny spirit? What we find is in this situation that these people and their sin of their, of their evil spirit, of their evil, uh, their wicked spirit, these people, their sin had an effect on Moses. Now listen. The Bible says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. So I'm not blaming the children of Israel for Moses' sin. But I think it's important to see that their sin had an effect on Moses. And their sin affected Moses. Their griping, their murmuring, their lack of faith had an effect on Moses. To the point that Moses, he handled it incorrectly. It caused, it was a, it was a, uh, a reason, uh, it was a factor in Moses' sin doesn't make it okay for Moses. doesn't make Moses' sin okay because it wasn't his fault. It was his fault. He handled it wrong. But their sin had an effect. You look back on Adam's sin. Uh, Romans 5.12 says, For as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Adam's sin had an effect on everyone to follow. Eve's sin had an effect on Adam. Again, it's not Eve's fault that Adam sinned, but her sin in lack of faith and, and eating of the tree that she was told you're not supposed to eat of had an effect on Adam. Adam's sin had an effect on the rest of the world. You see, when we sin, it never just affects us. A lot of times we, we have secret sins, sins that we don't think anyone else, and more than likely, oftentimes, no one else does know about. We've, we've kept it private, whatever it may be. Uh, oftentimes, also, we sin and we think we've kept it private and everybody else knows about it as well. You look, see that with kids are a perfect example of that. Uh, my kids, still to this day, how did you know that? <laughs> the answer is common sense. Uh, I tell them I know everything, but uh, the answer is common sense. The chocolate on your lip tells me that you ate the chocolate. Uh, you know, it's not that hard. 
the scratches on your brother's back tells me you scratched your brother's back. Uh, there, there's a lot of different things that we can see. But as kids, we think, well, they'll never know this. And we as adults can look at it and go, well, common sense shows us what they did. Yet as adults, we sin and we think, well, no one else will ever know this. Well, common sense will tell you that other people can, can figure it out. But even more than that, uh, we have the Bible that tells us God knows. Uh, that's another point. But <laughs> the, 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 what I need to say here is very simple. Uh, the sin in your life will have an effect on others. If you're in a relationship, if you have a spouse, your sin will affect your spouse. If you have children, your sin will affect your children. Um, your, your habit of sin oftentimes will rub off on your children. Uh, you can look at the stats on alcoholism, and you can find that a lot of children whose parents were alcoholics, they become alcoholics also. You can look at domestic abuse situations, and you can find where a parent who was abusive oftentimes, not, definitely not always, oftentimes the child will be as well. Now again, it's, it, we answer for our sins. So we can't, don't take this as we can blame someone else for our sin. Their sin affected me. It might affect you. That doesn't give you the right to sin. But look at it in your own life and understand that the sins that I commit have an effect on, on other people. Whether it be specifically in my home, it could be in the workplace, it could be um, uh, in different, different aspects in the church for sure. Uh, sin has an effect, not just on yourself, it always affects someone else as well. And we see it here uh, with, uh, with the children of Israel and their sin having effect on Moses uh, and, and ultimately affecting others. Uh, I believe that, that it didn't start, I believe that there was probably a group of people in the children of Israel that had this thought. I don't think it was everybody at the beginning. But what we read and what we see in the different examples of the children of Israel murmuring uh, throughout their journey, it is a large majority of them that are griping about the problems or the situations that they're in. And, and it started from somebody sharing the opinion, right? Sometimes you think it, but you shouldn't say it. Uh, you can't always help what comes into your mind, but you can get rid of it the right way. And uh, someone thought it, someone else thought it, someone else thought it, then finally someone spoke it. Hey, we should have just stayed in Egypt. Do you not remember being beaten with whips in Egypt? Uh, do you not remember the labor that you had to do in Egypt that you're not... not listen, I don't like walking around in a wilderness, but I think that I would have enough sense to think this is better than being beaten. I know I'm hungry, I know I'm thirsty, but God's already given me water and food, so don't you think He's going to do it again? That, that, I would like to think that would have been my mindset, and maybe it wouldn't have been. Maybe I would have been like most of these folks as well and begin to murmur. But it, it caused an effect that rippled through the entire congregation, and we see a murmuring people, and it had a great effect on others. We can go into a million examples, but I think that's, that's easy to comprehend. Number two, this morning I want us to see one sin, even just one, is noticed by God. Look again in verse 12. It says, And the Lord spake to Moses and Aaron, Because ye believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this, this congregation into the land which I have given them. God noticed. Sometimes we can read, if we read it quickly, and we see Moses hit the rock twice and water came out, and you think, well, God didn't care. He still gave him water. No, this is a good reminder that God loves us. Even when we don't deserve it, God loves us. Those people didn't deserve God's water at that moment because of their attitude and their complaint. There are things I, I withhold from my children because of their attitude. 
Um, sometimes I tell them no just to see their reaction. If they react correctly, then I'll tell them yes. I don't know if that's right or not, but that's how I do it sometimes. Dad, can I have this? No. Because most of the time when I tell my kids no when they want something, the immediate reaction is not positive. <laughs> it's crying or whining or why not and those kinds of things. So there are times where I'll say no, and if they say okay and they turn around and walk away, then I'll, I'll a couple minutes later give them what they asked for. Other times I'd actually tell them yes, too. I don't tell them no all the time. Anyways, this is not trying to... Anyways, one sin is noticed by God. God saw the sin that, that Moses committed. The people of Israel at the time had no idea that it was wrong. I don't believe had any idea that it was wrong what Moses did. Earlier uh, in their journey, he had hit the rock with, a, with his rod and water came out. And, uh, and here and now in this situation, all they cared about was getting water. I don't think they had any idea what was happening in Moses' life, but God... Uh, did. Uh, look in Numbers 32 and verse 23, a familiar verse uh, uh, as well. Numbers 32 and verse 23, it says, But if you will uh, not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Um, there's all kinds of verses in the Bible. Proverbs 15, 3, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Again, I'll say this, I've said this before. The fact that God sees all can be a good thing if you're doing right in your life. It is also a very bad thing if you're doing wrong in your life. God sees the evil. He also sees the good. We're not talking about the, the good side of it today, uh, but that's a blessing. It's a wonderful thing. Psalm 69.5 says, O God, Thou knows my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from Thee. Job 34.21, For His eyes are upon the ways of man, and He seeth all His goings. God sees your sin. When no person in the world sees it, when no one else has an understanding or a grasp or a concept of what your, your sin is, God knows it. And even one sin, God sees. I remember as a kid trying to get away with things with my parents. The older I got, the better I got at it. And, uh, I, and I remember times where I was able to talk myself out of situations. Uh, lie myself out of situations. I remember times when uh, I was able uh, to, to do something and no one uh, human ever knowing about it. I remember those things. God knew and knows every single sin we commit, from the smallest thing to the biggest thing. Uh, you ever seen those honor systems where they've got a, a bucket of change? And so for candy or whatever it is, if you just you put in some money and take your candy. A lot of times I'll do this at workplaces. Um, I remember putting in, I think it was supposed to be 75 cents and I had 60 cents. And I thought, it, you know, as long as I jingle the change, whoever's around will hear me putting change in. They won't think, you can't count it. Once it goes in the bucket, it's with all the other change. So how are you supposed to know what's in there? So jingle the change and then dropping in the 60 cents and taking the candy bar. You know, the, the, no one else knew and at the end of the day, I don't think anybody else really cared. But God saw it, and God cared. And God sees the sins that we commit. And as smart as we think we are, or as sneaky as we think we are, and God says, you're, you're not that sneaky. You can't, get, you can't get by me. You can't avoid uh, uh, me seeing it. Uh, Adam and Eve. Hey, I don't know what they were thinking when they bit, bit of the fruit and ate of it. I don't know if they, you know, I, I know as a kid especially, you just, you have that, 
that fear as you're doing something you know you're not supposed to be doing. And uh, you do all this constant looking around. I was always told, it was a joke, but I was always told if you whistle, no one will think you're doing anything wrong. Uh, so you just whistle while you're, while you're doing whatever you're doing. And to this day, if I'm joking about doing something wrong, I'll start whistling. And uh, just the, it's whatever it is, people don't notice you when you're whistling, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I don't know if Adam and Eve were whistling while they were eating the fruit. I don't know if they were looking around for God or if they were just so, so fallen into what they were doing that they just ate of it. And then later on, because we read about God then coming to the garden, calling for Adam and Eve because they were hiding from them. Yeah, I think the guilt came far before that. But uh, Adam and Eve are, are hiding and, 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 and hoping that, that you know, maybe, maybe, maybe God didn't know about it, even though He's calling for us. And, they say, and God says, Adam, Eve, why are you hiding? Well, we're naked. God's like, you've been naked since I created you. Well, they were shamed, right? They, they had shame now because of their sin. And I believe until the moment that God ultimately called them out on their sin, Adam and Eve were hoping God didn't know about it. So much of our life is spent hoping that God doesn't know about our sin or that our spouse doesn't know about our sin or that our co-workers don't know about our sin. Well, if we just live without sin, we don't have to walk around with that fear. We just live a, a life that's obedient to God. And I, I know we're not perfect. I know we make mistakes. But I believe our lives should strive to be perfect, to be righteous, to be godly in every step of the way. And, and instead of living our lives hoping that that one sin doesn't come out, let's just not do that one sin. Let's just not sin. Let's just strive to obey God. And when we make a mistake, let's, let's own up to it immediately. Come to God, ask for forgiveness, get it taken care of. If we need to go to someone and ask for forgiveness, do that too. But our sin is always noticed by God. Number three, we're rolling through them this morning. Number three, uh, one sin, even just one, has consequences. That You can probably count or, or have a, a number of times in your life where you've gotten away without consequences, or at least so you thought. Your parents didn't find out or... School didn't find out. I, I broke rules in college that the school never knew about. Um, I've told many people since then, so a lot of people know about it now. But, uh, but at the time, I didn't get caught, didn't get in trouble. I broke rules at camp uh, um, uh, <laughs> a lot, and, uh, and I didn't get caught, uh, most of which I've told my dad about. Uh, I think all of it, but nonetheless. Um, and there are many times in our life where we feel like, well, I've gotten away with it. And then the older we get, and as we continue to sin in our adult life, we've now just been comfortable with the fact of, well, nobody knows, so it's okay. I'm not going to have to suffer any consequence from this. You know the person who apologizes after they get caught? They're apologizing because they got caught. That's the only reason they're apologizing. They would have never apologized any other way. Well, we're going to get caught. Isaiah 59.2 says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid His face from you that you will not hear. The ultimate consequence to sin is separation from God. So you can look at this in two, two different ways. The unsaved uh, is an eternal separation from God. 
It is that, that, uh, that it will go on for eternity, separation. Uh, hell, the wages of sin is death. That death is separation from God. It's eternal separation from God. So that's the ultimate consequence of sin. For the lost, because of sin, the punishment is hell, and hell is eternal separation from God. The same is true as far as separation goes with the saved. Sin then brings a broken relationship with God. A sin separates us, not from salvation after we're saved. The sin does not separate us from that, but it separates our relationship from God. It brings that break, just as Adam and Eve had that break in relationship with God, where they were hiding from God instead of walking with God. So to our lives, when there's sin in our lives, we have that brokenness in the relationship. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There's a way in the life that seems good, it seems pleasurable, it seems uh, uh, okay to us, but the end of it is the same thing that we talk about in, in, in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. The, the ends of those ways are death. Separation from God. We, we go through life and, and there are certain things that we oftentimes become comfortable with that we don't ever take care of in our life. I always use the example of music in my life. For so long, it was music. It, for whatever reason, I just I didn't think about it. I didn't I didn't care about it. I just I liked it, so I did it. I listened to whatever I wanted to, uh, when I wanted to. Uh, I knew when not to turn it on. I knew how to have the preset set where mom and dad would never hit over to that. <laughs> you know, they had the FM2 in your car. Um, I, I don't know if my parents still know about FM2 to this day. Uh, so I had all the presets on FM2 in the car. So when I was driving by myself, I just hit FM2 and I had all my presets there. Um, uh, you know, those kinds of things. And we just, it just becomes part of our life. Where now we're, we're, we have this in our life and we're doing it consistently and, and we, we oftentimes don't even think twice about it anymore. It's a dangerous place to be in our life when we don't think twice about the sins we commit. It's a scary place to be. When we have sin in our life that we're so comfortable with that we're not even ashamed of it anymore. And you can tear sin all you want. Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3, big sins, small sins. You can do it all you want, but to God, when you sin, it's wrong and God hates it. And it may seem good to you. It may feel right to you. It may be pleasurable to you. But if God says it's wrong, it's wrong. You can use the example of um, homosexuality. Many of them will say, uh, I'm... I should be able to love who I want to love. Almost all of them say that. Uh, actually, this week, listening to a radio, um, uh, uh, someone came out in, that played in the NFL, and, and, uh, and the guy, a guy was on there ranting and raving about nobody should care about it, and, and people should be able to love who they want to love, and as long as, as long as they're happy, that's all that matters. Well, no, no, that's not what the Bible says. Sin is sin. And sin has consequences. It does not matter if it seems right to you. If it, seems, if it is wrong to God, it is wrong, plain and simple. This goes back to Adam and Eve again. Eve says, she's told by the serpent, uh, this will make you wise like God. It's okay. Go ahead. Eat of it. You won't die like God said you were going to die. So Eve ate of it. And the fruit taste is so good... Or the thought of, I don't know what it was. I don't know if 
of her guilt. I don't want to be the only one that did it. Adam, you need to eat this too. Uh, I, I, I don't know, but the, the, the Adam came and Eve was convincing enough to him and his uh, willpower was not strong enough on his own and he ate the fruit as well. And I believe the thought, and this is, again, opinion, so take it for what it is. But I believe the thought is, hey, this seems good. I mean, this sleazy snake said it was good, so it's got to be right. Um, it seems good. Eve ate it. She said it was good. She didn't die. So I guess it's okay. Oftentimes, we, we try to find uh, excuses. We try to find um, things that we can make us feel okay about the things in our life that we know shouldn't be there. And we just kind of press on with it. To this day, as an adult, there's still peer pressure. Um, there are things that, that I've just simply never been tempted by. Alcohol is something I've never... It's never tempted me. Um, it, you know, I've smelled the, the rotten oats or whatever. It don't smell good. I go and kill bugs at breweries here in Lexington, and it just stinks. To me, I don't, I, I'm not tempted by that at all. I never have been. Uh, uh, smoking. I've never been tempted by smoking. Smells nasty. Teeth are yellow. I just, I've got no interest in that. Um, you know, there's just, for me, th th that stuff doesn't tempt me, but there's other things in life that do. I was working in sales and insurance and everybody talking about how much money they wanted to get and, and all the things they were going to buy with it. I'm not going to lie, there were times where I caught myself going, boy, if I could just make this much money, then we could be happy. And we could have this. Oh, wouldn't that be neat? It's not wrong always to get things, but it's wrong when it's our priority. The love of money is the root of all evil. That's something I have to guard against. And we see, at the end of the day, there is a consequence for our sin. It may not be immediate. But sin can be pleasurable. And we've said this many times. You know this. Sin can be pleasurable for a season. But the end thereof is death. Separation. There is nothing more uncomfortable in the home than a time where mom and dad are at wits against each other when the relationship is broken there's there is no joy and it's an example that's given to us in the bible but uh, when there's a when there's separation with god it is very similar to when a husband and a wife are going through a moment where there's separation as well there's hurt uh, there is it's almost always caused by selfishness or pride, which I think they go hand in hand. But and with that comes a broken relationship, and the broken relationship then is it's painful for many people involved. And our consequence for sin is consistently and always, uh, if if not more than this, separation from God. Now, oftentimes it's it's more than that. There's loss. Uh, there's shame. There's hurt. But it always includes 
separation from God. And you think about it, because God says, Call unto me and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. God also says that when there's sin in your life, and I'm paraphrasing, when there's sin in your life, that communication with God is not present. It has to get right. The sin has to get right in order for that, uh, that channel, so, so to say, to be open with God. So I've got needs in my life. They come every single day. And if I'm sitting there saying, God, I have this need. Please provide for this need. And God's looking back at me and going, well, what about that sin in your life? Well, then that's a consequence. I don't get what is ultimately available to me because I have blocked that relationship or I have broken that relationship. And until that relationship is restored, and what a wonderful thing to know that God is always willing to restore the relationship. Right? Because there are things that go on in, in, in our lives with relationships that can't be restored or won't be restored. But when it comes to us and God, God is always faithful to restore. And God says, I, I want to take care of you. I want to provide for your needs. I want to I help you in this situation. But you're not, in a terms that we can understand, you're just using me. You're just using me for when it benefits you. And then everything else is just, you know, well, God, leave me alone in this. I'm trying to enjoy my life here on this earth. There's a consequence to sin. And at the very least, and it's a great, great punishment nonetheless, it's a broken relationship with God. One sin has a consequence. One sin is noticed by God, and one sin will affect others. Think about this, and we're done this morning. It's a short sermon this morning. God punished Adam. The very first human that God created. God punished Adam for his sin. God punished the angels that lived with them in heaven. Kicked them out. Created a place for them because of their sin. God punished David, someone who God said is a man after God's own heart. God punished David for his sin. Why do you think he won't punish you? You think you're just that smart? You're not smarter than the angels. You think you're just that precious to God? You're not more precious than His first creation. I say that. You are as precious as His first creation. You're not more precious. You think you're just that close to God? Are you a person after God's own heart? Don't ever think that you're going to be the one person that God doesn't find out about. Don't think that your sin is going to be the one sin that the Almighty God, the Creator of the universe, the all-knowing God, isn't going to be able to find out about. Sin is dangerous, and just one sin will have a great impact on your life. Moses, who God used to bring the children out of Egypt, And he marched around the wilderness for decades. Missed out on on touching the land that God had promised to his people because of this sin. One sin has consequences. It will affect others. And it is always noticed by God. Lord, help us. We're not a perfect people. None of us would claim to be. But God, I pray that you would help us with our lives. I pray that if there's sin in our lives, this consistent, this this habit of sin that we have refused to get rid of for whatever reason, 
we've been holding on to. God, I pray that today uh, we would get rid of it. Lord, that today we would come to you and, uh, uh, with an open heart, Lord, asking for forgiveness. Lord, that we'd come with a repentant heart, with a repentant mind, that we would turn away from that sin. And God, that we would quit living this life thinking this sin doesn't matter and understand the importance of it. God, I pray that you would direct us, that we would live a life that is uh, pure, a life that is right. Lord, that our lives can be a living example of who you are. God, I pray that we can live a life that has a clean testimony, a clear testimony. And Lord, I pray that you would protect us. We cannot live a sinless life. Uh, It's already too late for that. But God, I believe that we can from today moving on uh, live a clean life. We need your help to do it. So Lord, help us to depend on you. Lord, I pray that when frustrations come as they did in Moses' life, Lord, that we would not handle it incorrectly. Lord, that you'd help us with co-workers that we struggle with. Or when our kids frustrate us or when our spouses frustrate us or that other uh, relationships in our lives frustrate us. Lord, I pray that we would not be as Moses was and handle it incorrectly, but God, that we would lean on you even more for your help in the situation. God, I pray that you'd help us to understand that our sin affects more than us. And Lord, that that would help be a motivating factor. It shouldn't be the motivating factor, but Lord, I pray that it would help and motivate us to live a, a correct life. Lord, I pray that we would understand that our sin is always noticed by you, that we cannot hide it from you, even if we can hide it from others. And God, that we would live then openly uh, uh, right for you. Lord, I pray as well that we would understand that sin has consequence. And Lord, that we would live our lives in that knowledge. And again, that that would be a motivating factor. Uh, The ultimate factor should be that you loved us first. And that you died for us, you gave yourself for us. Lord, that should be enough to motivate us to live for you. It is the absolute least that we could do. God, I pray that you'd help us, that our hearts, as David prayed, create in me a clean heart, O God. Lord, that you would give us a new heart, a clean heart. And Lord, help us that today, moving forward, we'd not have the pride, we'd not have the selfishness, we'd not have the greed, we'd not have the bitterness, we'd not have the hate, we'd not have whatever it is that we have. Lord, but that we would simply have exactly what you want us to have and that we would live obedient to you. Lord, I pray that if there's an area in a a life today that you've touched on, Lord, that you've convicted of today, I pray that it would be handled. And God, I pray that it would be changed. And God, I pray that you'd uh, help us now as we move forward this week to live for you, that we would live in a way that you're pleased with. And God, we'll give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory for what you do in our lives. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. No invitation today, so we'll leave it at that uh, right there.